0: Praise God. Hallelujah. God bless you this morning. I'm Pastor Tuck and welcome to the word at my church. If this is your first time joining us, we want you to know you're in exactly the right place. You're exactly where God wants you to be. And I want to encourage you to share this broadcast with at least three people, because as believers, we have a mandate to spread the gospel of Christ. All over the world, we are a teaching ministry with a mission to help people get better by teaching them how the word works. So go ahead and get your Bible, your notebook, your pen, your highlighter, and let's get ready to dig into God's word. But before we do, let's begin with our Bible confession. So go ahead and grab your Bible in your hand and repeat after me. This is my Bible. I believe every word. I am who it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do by hearing his word and applying it by faith, it'll change my life. So I declare right now from this day forward that my life will never, ever, ever be the same again and neither shall the life of anyone with whom I share this word. So I declare, I'm gonna share this word with someone so that their life may be changed forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Precious God, Lord, we thank you today. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the moments of preaching. And Father God, Lord, we declare, Father God, Lord, that this word, Father God, Lord, is going to change our lives forever. Father God, Lord, Lord, as we submit ourselves, Lord, to receive, Lord, the downloads from heaven. Father God, Lord, we open our hearts, our minds, our ears. Father God, Lord, that we may receive, Father God, the pure, unadulterated word of God. Father God, I ask you, Lord, to move me out of the way. Father God, that your word would come forth unhindered and unchecked by any part of my flesh. But Father God, Lord, that you would use me, Lord, as a vessel of your choosing. And Father God, Lord, that you would speak through me, speak for me. Father God, that your people may receive, Lord, that which you've made available. Father God, we know that your word says anytime we can see, hear, and understand, we can be converted. Father God, that this word, Lord, would be the tool of conversion for us. Lord, that we may be transformed into that what you've called us to be. And Father God, that we may be your agents of change in the earth. And we thank you, Lord, for it all. We bind every contrary spirit, every demonic force, any, Father God, technical demon, anything that would attempt to hinder your word from going forth today. Father God, plow up the field of our heart. And Father God, Lord, that this word may be implanted. Father God, engrafted. Father God, that we may grow and produce. Father God, everything you desire. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Open your Bibles with me once again to the book of Proverbs, chapter 4. Proverbs, chapter 4, beginning at verse 25. And I'm reading this from the Passion Translation. Proverbs, chapter 4, beginning at verse 25. And here it reads Set your gaze on the path before you with fixed purpose. Look straight ahead. Ignore life's distractions. Here, the proverb writer tells us to pay attention to the instructions that we've been given with intense focus and to be careful not to get distracted. Now, if you've been with us, then you know that 2024 is the year of fixed purpose and that we cannot afford to get distracted. I told you it's more important than ever for us to be intensely focused on our assignment and that we are locked in on our purpose and that our purpose is to represent God. He has chosen us to be his change agents in the earth. See, our job as believers is to be salt and light, to change the flavor of the environment wherever we go, to influence those we come in contact with. But when we look at the world, things appear to be getting worse. We see believers behaving like non-believers. People have no regard for God or his church. And the church has become more like the world. But Paul warned us about this in his letter to Timothy. He said there would be perilous times in these last days. He said that men would be lovers of themselves and lovers of money, blasphemers, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderous, without self control. He said they would be despisers of good, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. But Apostle Tony declared that God is changing the countenance of the church. I I told you that word countenance is the external appearance that expresses the entire content of a body. It's how the face shows what is truly in the heart. It is the outward representation of an inward manifestation. He said God will do so by showing us his goodness. In other words, how they see us will be determined by how we see him. I told you over the years, we've gotten a false impression of who God is. See, Satan wants us to believe that God is some kind of tyrant who lives to make our lives difficult. And it's just waiting for the opportunity to send us to hell. But that's only a distraction to keep us from learning our true identity so that we never fulfill our purpose, which is to reflect the image of God in the earth. See, because if we don't know who he is, we will never know who we are and we can never properly represent him. But God is going to change the countenance of the church. By showing us his goodness. And this will be a good season. A makeup season. A season of breakthrough. Somebody type in the comments, tis the season. Yeah. We will be equipped with new keys to the kingdom. Supernatural kindness. Goodness on a different dimension than we have ever seen. And as a result, we will shine brighter than ever before. See, it's the time and the season for the church to come forth. Now, I know some of you are thinking, I I hear you, Pastor, but are you trying to tell me that God's going to change the makeup of the church simply by showing us his goodness? Absolutely not. Because we know that God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. So if that were the case, the church would not be in the condition that it's in. See, God has always desired to change the countenance of the church. And he has planned to do so by showing us his goodness. As a matter of fact, he even says so in Jeremiah twenty-nine, eleven. He said, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. To give you a hope and a future. One translation said unexpected in God says, I, I got, I got good things in store for you. See God's purpose must meet human responsibility. That means we've got to do our part. Oh, let me say that again. In order for God's will to be made manifest in the lives of believers, his purpose must collide with human responsibility. Oh, I need you to let that sink in for a moment. See, all, all, see the reason why so many people get frustrated, get 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 uh, disillusioned, uh, uh, disenchanted with the body of Christ is because see at the beginning of every year God makes proclamations through His men and women of God that this season, this time, this 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 year, God's trying to advance the kingdom. Each year He's trying to give us new steps, new places, new levels that He's trying to take us to, and each year we get excited, we hear that, we proclaim that, but we never see it come to pass. And that's because, in order for God's will to be made manifest in the lives of believers, his purpose must collide with human responsibility. Somebody type in the comment, we must cooperate with the will of God. So we've got to do our part. See, the Bible says, anytime we can see, hear, and understand, we can be converted. So if we're going to experience change, we need a revelation. And that's why last time we talked about getting a revelation of our reconciliation. Because it's important that we understand why we were redeemed. Why God went through all of that trouble to send Jesus on our behalf. I I told you that word reconciliation means a mutual exchange of equal value. And that the purpose of our reconciliation was for God to redeem our minds from the lies that we believed about ourselves so that we could see everything and everyone in a new light. To simply see what God has already known to be true about us in Christ and believe exactly what God believes. But now that we understand the purpose for our reconciliation, what's next? And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Where do we go from here? Because I told you, God wants to change the countenance of the church by showing us his goodness. As a matter of fact, he said in his word, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish the thing what I please. It shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. But remember, in order for the will of God to be made manifest, God's purpose must meet human responsibility. In other words, when our actions line up with God's purpose, the results in our life and those connected to us will be nothing short of perfection. But truth be told, many of us are not where we would like to be or where we're supposed to be. But that does not mean we have to stay where we are. So the question is, how do we get there? Well, go over to 2 Chronicles chapter 7. 2 Chronicles chapter 7. Because that's why we're here today. To talk about where do we go from here. Second Chronicles chapter 7 Beginning at verse 12 And here it reads Then the Lord appeared to Solomon by night And said to him I have heard your prayer And have chosen this place for myself As a house of sacrifice When I shut up heaven And there is no rain Or command locusts to devour the land. Or send pestilence among my people. He, He says when you find yourself in a situation. Notice he says when and not if. Because he knows the nature of fallen man. He says when you find yourself in a situation. Where you're not experiencing the will of God where you're not seeing the manifestation of the things God promised. When your health, your relationships, your finances are not what God intended for you. When things are not going the way you desire, he said, there is a way to get back on track. Uh, Look at verse 14. He says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Here he gives us three simple instructions. Three things we must do in order to experience the will of God in our lives. And the first is to repent. In verse 14 he says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. See, that word humble means to destroy the independence of. It says humble themselves. In other words, they need to come to the realization that depending on their own strength is not working and turn to depend on me. See, I told you the will of God is only made manifest when God's purpose meets human responsibility. Well, since our irresponsibility, the fact that we didn't do our part is what kept us from receiving in the first place. In order to turn things around, we must repent. Because repentance is not only important to cancel the effects of our disobedience. Repentance is how we repair our way of thinking. See, the word repent means to turn back. So we have to first realize how we got off track and turn around. Go over to First John chapter one. 1 John chapter one. And when you get there, look at verse eight. 1 John chapter one, beginning at verse eight. And here it reads, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Look at what he says. If we say that we have no sin, if we say we didn't miss it, that we did nothing wrong, that it wasn't our fault, we deceive ourselves. See, many times when we fail to see the manifestation of God's word, we blame God. We blame the pastor. We blame the man and woman of God. But that's due to the lack of repentance. Because we've not shifted our way of thinking to see things the way that he does. So we think we have done nothing wrong and deceive ourselves. Oh, see, that stuff don't work. See, I knew something was wrong with that. See, I knew I knew they was lying. I knew they was just trying to hype you up. I, I, I knew. See, because you've not shifted your way of thinking to see things the way God does. See, you think you've done nothing wrong, but actually you're deceiving yourself. Now, what does deceive mean? Well, before you answer, Let me give you a hint. Change the D to an R and what does it say? Receive. Well, if we receive, that means to obtain. Then deceive must mean the opposite, to prevent from obtaining. So by refusing to repent, by refusing to change our way of thinking, it's what prevents us from receiving truth. Oh, I need y'all to catch that. See, many times what keeps us from experiencing manifestation is simply how we think. The fact that we refuse to receive truth. As a matter of fact, God himself said through the prophet Isaiah, your thoughts are not my thoughts. Your, and your ways are not my ways, said the Lord. He said, The reason why you're not living and experiencing my way of life is because you refuse to think the way I think. Look at verse 10. He says, If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. See, that's what we do. We say, oh, I, I, knew, I, I knew they was lying when they said that God was going to change the countenance of the church. I knew they was lying when they said that this was our year, this was our season. I knew they was just, I knew that if God said it, God says I'm doing a new thing. Oh, oh see, that's the same thing it was last year. You know, see, See, because you say that you're not wrong. You say you didn't miss it. So you deceive yourself. You prevent yourself from obtaining because you refuse to change your way of thinking. And so because you do that, you make him a liar. And now his word finds no place of residency in your heart. See, the lack of prevent, pre- repentance prevents you from receiving his word. Well, why is that so important as it pertains to the manifestation of the will of God in our lives? Well, go over to John chapter eight. John chapter eight. Oh, I'm praying y'all getting this. John chapter eight. John chapter eight. When you get there, look at verse thirty-one. It says, then Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then ye are my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. See, the lack of repentance robs us of the ability to receive the very instruction we need to get out of our situation. Remember, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So refusing to repent affects our hearing because we can't receive the word. So when God is trying to speak to us about how to turn our situation around, We miss it. And if we're going to walk into the manifestation of the will of God, it's critical that we get this. Because I told you, God's will can only be made manifest when God's purpose meets human responsibility. And that's why Satan tries to keep you distracted. Bogged down in condemnation. Thinking it's too late now. You missed it. Your situation is too difficult. Oh, what they're saying, that's that's just too easy. It, It don't work like that. But you must realize that the will of God is not about you. It's about God's purpose. And that's why he's giving you the instructions to turn things around. As a matter of fact, go over to Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43. And when you get there, look at verse 25. Isaiah chapter 43, beginning at verse 25. See, because so many times we think, well, you know, we're disqualified for the very things God says. And so we discount what he says. But once again, that's the enemy trying to distract you. And so once again, now you try to make God out a liar instead of just repenting, changing your way of thinking and say, oh, I was off track. It was me. But you would rather say, God, no, you're wrong, God. I can't do that. Watch this. Y'all remember when God spoke to Moses? And told Moses what he was going to do. And God was like, he was like, but but, but God, I can't talk. God said, who are you talking to? I made your mouth. How dare you tell me what you're capable of? See, when God tells you what he's going to do in your life, that's the first thing you try to tell God. Oh, uh, God ain't going to do that. God can't do that because I did this. God's like, see, That's what repentance is all about. Changing your way of thinking. Oh, Look at what he says in verse 25. He says, I, even I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Notice God says it's for his benefit. He says it's for my benefit because it does not do me Any good to focus on your mistakes. On your shortcomings. To see you as anything less than I created you to be. He said and until you repent. Change your way of thinking. Begin to see yourself the way I see you. You can't receive the necessary instructions. And I can't use you. And my purpose can't go forth in your life. Now, the second thing we must do in order to experience the will of God in our lives is get realigned. He tells them in 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, he says, pray and seek my face. See, realignment is about seeking God for our part in his purpose. Go to Psalm 51. Psalm 51. And when you get there, look at verse 10. Psalm 51, beginning at verse 10. Here it reads, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. In other words, don't cut me off. I need to hear from you. Verse 12, he says, restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. He says, reveal to me again my part in your purpose. Verse 13, he says, then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will turn back to you. See, once we have realized that we've been going the wrong way, we've got to spend enough time with him to get direction. Oh, I I, I, I pray y'all get that. Uh, Go go over to Luke chapter 15 and and let's watch this thing play out. Let's see how this works in, in real life. Luke chapter 15, beginning at verse 11. Here it reads, then he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided them to his livelihood." And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. Instead of seeking instructions from the father, he did what he thought was best. Now look at verse 14. It says, but when he had spent all there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. All of a sudden, he realized that he was off track. He realized he was not experiencing the will of the father in his life. That things were not going the way the father had desired and the way that he wanted. Look at verse 15. It says, then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, sounds like repentance to me. He realized something is wrong with my thinking and he humbled himself. He destroyed that independent spirit that he had and decided that he should be dependent upon his father. Look at what he said. He said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your high servants. He says. I no longer know what's best for me. Show me what you would have me to do. Show me my part in your purpose. He now gets realigned. In verse 20, it says he rose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion, ran and fell on his neck, kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put the ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it. And let us eat and be merry. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. he was lost and found, and they began to be merry. See, even once he got aligned, and he sought out his and he had repented, changed the way he sought, and then he realigned, he 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 sought his purpose within the purpose. He had to make a decision to follow through, which brings me to the third thing we must do in order to experience the will of God, which is recommit. In other words, we have to be diligent to follow through with our assignment. Go over to Jonah chapter one, Jonah chapter one. And when you get there, look at verse one. The story of Jonah is amazing when you actually look at all that took place within this story. Jonah chapter one, beginning in verse one. Jonah chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. And here it reads, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it. For their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah arose, rose up to flee unto Tarsus from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarsus. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea. And there was a mighty tempest in the sea so that the ship was like to be broken. Now y'all know what happened. If you were like me, when I was small, I used to watch the show called Gilligan Gilligan's Island. And at the beginning, it says the weather started getting rough. That tiny ship was tossed. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what happened. See, everybody was trying to find out why was this happening? And when they found out it was Jonah, he told them throw him overboard. Look at verse 15. It says, so they took up Jonah, cast him forth into the sea and the sea ceased from her raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. Now, the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now, some of the situations that take place in our life are because of our disobedience, because of our irresponsibility, our refusal to be obedient to God's purpose. But thank God he has given us the opportunity to turn things around. Somebody type in the comments, thank God for grace. Yeah. Because how many of you realize that the belly of the whale was not meant to be a permanent residence? Its purpose was to give him time to turn it around. Well, somebody type in the comment, neither was grace. See, you see, we have to realize that although grace is a wonderful place to be, it's not meant to be your permanent residence. You're not permanently supposed to be living in the place where God is always trying to cover your disobedience. That God's trying to save you, that you're always trying to depend on God's grace and mercy to get you through. that you're always depending on God giving you enough time to turn it around. You need to take that time and actually turn it around. Go to Jonah chapter two and look at verse one. Here it says, then Jonah prayed unto the Lord, his God, out of the fish's belly and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord. See, he repented. He changed his way of thinking. He recognized it was his own doing. And he heard me out of the belly of hell, cried I. And thou heardest my voice, for thou hast cast me into the deep, into the midst of the sea. And the floods compassed about me. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight. Yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. See, he realigned himself. He sought the Lord about his part in his purpose. Look at verse eight. It says, they that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. See, some folk will never recover because they don't want to admit the reason why they're in the situation they're in is because they didn't do what God said. Look at what he says. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. See, sometimes we forsake our own mercy. See, see, we take for granted the mercy that God's given us by us operating in lying vanity because we refuse to admit that the reason we're in the situation we're in is because we didn't do what God said. First, now he says, but I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. He says, I'm thankful for the chance to get it right. He said, I I will pay that which I vowed. He he recommitted himself to serve. He made a decision to obey God and do what God said to do. He said salvation is of the Lord. And look at verse 10. It says, and the Lord spake unto the fish and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. See, God changed his situation and he experienced the manifested will of God the very thing that God originally intended, intended for his life. See, if you're willing to repent, realign yourself with his purpose, and recommit yourself to your assignment, you too can experience the manifestation of the will of God in your life. See, he had the opportunity to be used by God, but he was disobedient. But look at what happened when he became a fixed purpose when he chose to follow instructions with intense focus. Look at Jonah chapter three and look at verse one. It says, now when the Lord came to Jonah the second time, tell your neighbor, I'm glad for a second chance. Yeah, somebody type in the comments, I'm glad I got a second chance. He said, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now, Nineveh was exceedingly great, a three-day journey in extent. And Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. Then he cried out and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, put on the sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. See, if we desire to see the manifestation of the will of God in our lives. We must repent. Realign ourselves with his purpose. And recommit ourselves to fulfilling our assignment. And if we do so, we will receive our reward we will experience the manifestation of the will of God in our lives. So to answer the question, where do we go from here? Now that we realize that the reason we were redeemed, the reason that we have been reconciled was that we would be conformed to the image of Christ, that we could represent God, We've got to repent. We've got to change our way of thinking. We've got to realize that this was God's plan for us from the beginning. We've got to realize we've got to seek God for our part in his purpose. And then we've got to recommit ourselves to our assignment. We've got to do the things that God tells us to do. And when we do so, we're going to see the manifestation of his will in our lives. We will experience God's goodness. We're going to experience uncommon favor. Supernatural kindness. And we will shine like never before. We're going to become, God's going to supernaturally change the countenance of the church because the world is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. But in order to do so, we, we're going to have to repent, realign ourselves with his purpose and recommit ourselves to fulfilling our assignments. God bless you today. I pray this word has blessed you. And if you're listening to this today, you're like, man, I know I'm I'm out of line and I I need to get back. The first step is to repent. You can't keep thinking that, oh, this don't apply to me. You got to realize my thinking is off. And I've got to turn back. I've got to realize that this was what God desired for my life. And when I hear God's word, I got to realize something's wrong with my thinking. If it doesn't sound right to me, it's not God that's off. It's me that's off. And I've got to make an adjustment. And then I've got to seek God. Stop trying to get God to line up with what I want and align with what God wants for me. My former pastor used to say years ago, instead of trying to get God to bless what you're doing, do what God's blessing recognize that God has already got a plan and purpose for your life and align yourself with the purpose of God and then recommit yourself to fulfilling your assignment, to making sure that everything in your life glorifies God. Now, the first step in all of that is you've got to be a believer. So if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, now is your time. You're in the right place. I want to introduce you to him. The Bible says that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you could be changed. You could be saved today. All you got to do is believe that God loved you enough to give up his only begotten son for you. He exchanged equal value. He thought Jesus, you were worth just as much as Jesus. So he gave up Jesus to get you. He sacrificed Jesus for you and you got to believe he loves you enough to do that. And in order to receive the life that he has for you, you got to be willing to sacrifice the life that you have. You got to give up the life you're living to live the life that he has for you because you can't live two lives. So you have to be willing to make Jesus your Lord. That's the cost of salvation is your life. And you're already unhappy with the life you have. That's why you're seeking him now. So if you desire that today, pray this prayer with me. Precious God, come into my heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I believe Jesus Christ died for me. And I want to make him my Lord and my Savior. Be my father. Make me your child. Teach me how to live for you. If you've prayed that prayer, you're now part of the body of Christ, the family of believers, and there's nothing anybody can do to stop you. The next step in your journey is to find a Bible-teaching, Bible-believing church. And if you've done so today, follow the instructions on the screen. Go to our website at www.lovemychurch.org. Click Contact Us. Fill out a connection card and let us know that you've received Christ today. And one of our ministers will contact you and help you with next steps. If you desire to be a part of our ministry, we are Virtual Ministry. But we have all the components in place to help you grow. We have ministers that will contact you. We have people that can fellowship with you online. We have online fellowship groups where we talk about the word. We fellowship around the word. We got people who will pray with you. We got people who will help you walk this thing out. We can connect you with people in your area, in your city, groups in your area that will help you and meet with you and just live, live life with you. But if you desire to be a part of this ministry, just continue to send us a message. Let us know so that we can contact you and help you grow in your walk with Christ. Secondly, if you've been blessed by this ministry and you want to help us continue to do what God's called us to do, we have a great assignment on our lives and on this ministry. God's called us to start a faith-based streaming network. We're in a battle. The last days, the church, the body of Christ is in a battle against media arts and entertainment. And God has called us to my church to start a faith-based streaming network called the my church channel, which you're watching us on right now on one of our platforms. And that's not a small task. So if you've been blessed by this ministry or any of the ministries that you see here and you want to help us continue to do what God's called us to do, sow a seed, sow a financial seed, click the donate button. You can use cash app, dollar sign, my church Lynchburg, paypal.me forward slash my church Lynchburg, or you can use the Givlify app. But however you decide to give, know that your gifts are going to help us continue to do what God's called us to do in these last days. You can sow your tithe, offering your seed, however you want to sow. Just sow into this ministry and just know that God's going to use it for his kingdom glory. That information is all right on the screen. We would love to have you be a part of what God is doing through this ministry. And thirdly, if you've been blessed, by this word. And you know somebody else who would be blessed by the And needs this word. Then don't be selfish. Share this word with someone else. As a matter of fact. Share it with at least three people. Let them know what platform you're watching on. Let them know how they can have the word at my church. Anytime they need it. Or any of our other ministries. But in any event. God bless you. I love you. Stay tuned for our announcements. And make sure you come back. And watch us again on next time. I'm Pastor Tuck. God bless you. See you again on the Word at My Church. God bless you. At My Church, we help people get better by teaching them how the Word works, and we want to make sure there's no excuse not to get the Word. It's our goal to make all of our ministries accessible on every smartphone, tablet, PC, and television connected to the Internet. So whether you're a man who needs some wisdom, a woman who needs some encouragement, or a couple who needs guidance, the My Church channel has just what you need. Simply search for the My Church channel on Roku, Firestick, Apple TV, Google TV, and now LG TV, or visit mychurchchannel.org. You can also download the My Church on the Go app from the Apple or Google Play app store. Constantly on the move, check out the Word at My Church podcast from your favorite podcast platform. or simply download the Word at My Church skill from your Alexa-enabled device. But whatever you do, make sure you stay connected. See you soon. I won't let you go until you bless me. There's got to be a resolve on the inside of the church. Woo! Glory! I told you God has chosen us to be his change agents in the earth. Do me a favor y'all, share the room whether you're on Clubhouse, whether you are on Facebook, whether you're on YouTube different from ever before. If, if you're if your recovery is fresh or if your addiction free lifestyle, I want to be able to rejoice in the um, adversities that were there. We're seeing all of these things happen, and the sad thing is, it's happening by our own decision. You know, a lot of people deal with a lot of uh, depression, mm-hmm. uh, anxiety, frustration. Just thinking back, man, you know, how long this, this run has been going with us, man. That's right. Is right. you know.